0: Cinebabble episode fifty two. I am your host Ken, and as always, uh, my favorite alcoholic, Clint <laughs> Jones, say hello to everyone. Man, you couldn't be further from the mark on that one. <laughs> I, I always try to come up with something new, and this week it just struck me that it's it's time to to get your struggle out there. Yeah, and um, I really I really think people can learn from how how humble you've you've approached your addiction. I don't have a problem. I just like to party. That is what people with problems say. Uh, no, this is— I'm a good time boy. Yes. It's a fairly recent problem. Apparently, Clint was inspired uh, by Another Round with Mads Mickelson yeah. and just took to it's heavy— It's all for science. —heavy murderous drinking— I'm taking, like, a lot of
1: notes. So I'm going to make the best out of this situation and learn something. It's a social
0: experiment. It is. I hear you. Yeah. I hear you. All right. Well, Clint, I have had a fairly uneventful week other than it being very stressed, uh, but I did get to watch some things. Uh, what you watching about this week? What, what you, what you, what you?
1: Oh man, I I feel like it's been a minute since we've done this, because this it is towards the end of the week. We usually do this at the beginning of the week, so like another week has passed since we we talked. And um, so I had a big list, but I, I'm just going to pick out a couple of things. Give me the good stuff. That I was really into. Some things were just like, yeah, that was okay. Let's not talk about that. The first thing I want to talk about, okay. We need to talk about Kevin. <laughs> Yes, we need to talk about cat. We need to talk about Cam. Yeah, yeah. Um
0: let's let's hope your cat doesn't eat no, the No, she will definitely eat that. Let's get her out of here. You can leave that in. Oh, Just I put will. know like technical difficulty song, here. Here.
1: So I did something recently that, okay, I haven't done in two, since pandemic okay. started. And that is going to see a movie and then the next day immediately going back to see a movie. Oh, in the theater. In the theater. Okay. And it's been like far and few between that I've seen movies in the theater, like mm-hmm. all of them have been with you and it's been like <laughs> three movies in two years. Um but I went with my brother on Friday uh, during the day um,
0: to see um, everything, everywhere, all at once. This is the one with Michelle Yeoh. Yes. That is like alternate universe wackiness.
1: Multiverse movie. Um, it's by the Daniels who did uh, Swiss Army Man. Oh, okay. Um so it's got a Michelle Yo, um, uh, Key Kwan, who you know from Goonies and Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. He was a short round, yeah, short round, he from hasn't done Temple any- of Doom. yep, and he hasn't done anything in 20 years. He had stepped away from acting and he was like working behind the camera. And, hmm.
0: um, I didn't realize he was in this,
1: yes. And uh, Stephanie, uh, Hsu and Jamie Lee Curtis. And I, uh, I love this movie. This is my favorite movie of the year. Oh, and what? it's going to wow. be. Hard to top it, I think. It's only April. I know. Okay. Like, I w- I'm going to give you this. It's first, let me give you a quick synopsis. Okay. So, it's this uh, Chinese immigrant family who have a um, laundromat, live above it. Um, and Michelle Yu, she's like the matriarch, matriarch of the family, and she's kind of unhappy. And they're about to be audited for taxes. And um, so they're dealing with all that and just the whole, it's centered around this family and in the middle of them going to be audited and do all, all the IRS stuff who, um, Jamie Cur- Lee Curtis plays the auditor and, uh, she's fantastic. Everyone in this movie is so fantastic. <laughs> um, um. Michelle Yu is visited by an a different um universe's version of her husband. Okay. Like his body, he is taken over by this other version of him. And he's and she's um he's, tells her that she has to um connect with the multiverse and because there's a great evil coming. And okay. she's the only one who could stop it. She's the chosen one to stop this. Okay. And it's so wacky and insane. I, my way of describing it has been it's um, Eternal Sunshine meets Scott Pilgrim. It's okay. so <laughs> insane, and it's so much fun, and it has this, like, one of the best, like, emotional cores to a movie I've seen in so long. Like, okay. in the middle of all this insanity, it's super funny. The, uh, it's so emotional like i cried numerous times in it and the action is fantastic wow. the music is
0: fantastic um i saw that is playing over at our local theater so yeah. i'm excited to go see it um, if you go let me go with you okay. like
1: i want to see it again okay. like i it gets better each bit of viewing i've had with it it's um this and batman are my favorite movies of the year and okay. there's a couple more coming out this year like uh man North and, and northman those two i'm really looking forward to so early on in the year my my it's stacking up already yeah i know but okay. this is like if somebody was like ah you you don't really like the marvel movies like you're not into their multiverse that they're doing like here's our version it's it's um they did it on a shoestring like they had like 500 um, visual effects shot and mm. five people did all the effects for this movie <laughs> and it's a really good mix of practical and digital effects. It's it, it's so good. I can see it all over your face.
0: This movie <laughs> was your happy place. It
1: was. It really yeah. was. It's my sense of humor. It's so insane. Like, you, did you see Swiss Army Man? Yes. It's kind of that level of lunacy um, but this, I think, does a better job of having the emotional core throughout it and it feels very natural and, um, it's great. I it love doesn't it.
0: feel like it's winking at the audience or it, I mean, it takes itself not seriously, but I mean, it, it, it sinks into his premise and it's, it's not just, uh, Uh, doing it all for a lark kind of thing? No, like even the lunacy
1: in it is built in so well like that it's a part of the thing. It's like we're not doing silly stuff for the sake of just making, doing a silly thing. Mm -hmm. Like it's super silly stuff, super ridiculous stuff, but it's built into the plot in a really great way that it it makes sense. And you're never like, why are they doing this right okay. now? It's always like in, in favor of the story. Awesome. I'm sold. I'll, yeah. I'll see it
0: this week. This, this will be my Easter movie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I, I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Okay. I took Jenny last night to see it and she loved it too. Awesome. Um, so the next thing I wanted to talk about was Summer of Soul, who, uh, was directed by Questlove. Mm-hmm. And, uh, this one, best direct uh documentary, uh right before the slap.
0: Right during the, the slap. The, the slap. The slap.
1: Yeah, you know. Was that another re- documentary? Uh yeah, but it didn't win.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I haven't heard of it. But
1: anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I did have a whole thing where like we started this this episode off with like a physical assault against me where you hit me, but okay. well, I forgot about it.
0: You know, we should have built that into licorice pizza last week. <laughs>
1: Um, So, yeah, this is a documentary about um, this six weeks in the summer of 69, like, thousands of people gathered for this um, uh, Harlem Cultural Festival, Mm -hmm. and it had so many amazing acts from the time, like Stevie Wonder, The Fifth Dimension, BB King, Sly and the Family Stone, and, like, had art and fashion and all this stuff tied into it, and... This is, like, this was probably my favorite documentary of the year. This would have been on my list if I had seen it.
0: This isn't his first documentary, correct? I think it is. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I thought
1: he had done another one. As far as I know, this is his first. I know okay. he had a, did a book. Okay. Um, But this is the only documentary that I know of that he okay. did. But he does a, such a good job at um, intertwining the... Footage – because this footage was lost for 50 years, like just stowed away and nobody even like knew it still existed. And he found it and uh, compiled it into this documentary, but does such a good job of intertwining the – the footage and then also telling the story of Harlem and the history at the time and what's happening on happening culturally and also like telling how these um, groups uh, fit in like historically and what they meant. And like um, it it was such a natural way that like does it so naturally. And he also does a really good job of intertwining like talking head interviews Mm -hmm. because he'll show the footage to people who were at the event or who were participating and like who hadn't seen the footage Mm -hmm. in 50 years. So it's all kind of like this emotional response from them and like remembering it because like they are all talking about how like we we just kind of felt like this was a dream that we kind of made it up because it just kind of disappeared and was taken over by like the history of um, Woodstock. Like Mm -hmm. Woodstock outshined this. And even though like this had so much more going
0: on Mm -hmm. in it, now, where's it streaming? I'm assuming it's, on it's Hulu. streaming. Oh, okay, it's on Hulu currently. Okay. Yeah,
1: um, but I highly recommend it. Okay. It's it's fantastic.
0: Um, <laughs> now it's not nine hours like the Beatles thing, right? <laughs> no, it's like two and a okay. half. It's I really want to watch the Beatles thing. It just it requires such a time commitment. Yeah, well,
1: you can keep... do an episode at a time. Yeah, but you know me. <laughs> um, the last thing I wanted to talk about, and this is something that I already talked about on a What you watching, but. The season just ended, and that is Severance. Mm. Um, the season just ended. This I'm is, about to start it. This is my favorite show I've seen in <sighs> so long. It's okay. like the perfect mix of um, kind of offbeat humor, a really interesting mystery to it. Um, there is a lot of great emotional moments in the show, and the cast is fantastic. I I cannot wait for this second season. I rewatched it all again with Jenny because I, I got like about halfway and I was like, I think because she's kind of iffy with certain shows and I I was like, I think she'll enjoy this. So I rewatched it all again. And it was really fun like picking up on little details that I had missed um before that really
0: kind of add to the mystery and hint at things. Um but it's it's fantastic. Yeah, I'm going to start. That's on my list to start this week, and God help me for this sentence, but Lady Parts, uh, I'm <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm finally getting to as well about the, yeah, the band the, mm-hmm. that uh, or the all-female band. Yes. Uh, I, I forget how you described it, but anyway, it's been on my list, and I've slowly been working my way to both of those, so yes. I'm excited. Yes,
1: Severance, like the ending is fantastic okay. for the season. Um, it doesn't disappoint in any okay. way. No
0: flying it, snakes and— People turning into trees. And, <laughs> I'm not going to spoil it for you. <laughs> okay. Maybe some other kind of reptile appears. It's flying around. I don't know, just wasn't sure if I was getting into another Raised by Wolves <laughs> or if this was going to be a little different. So, okay. No, it's great. Awesome. So, cool. yeah. What have you been watching? Well, uh, the first thing I have been watching is some more Picard. And I feel a little bad for recommending it as strongly as I did <laughs> because the minute our episode hit, yeah, the next episode of Picard came out. I think that was episode three. And or maybe it was four, but it just started to feel off. Really, and the last couple of episodes just have not clicked with me. Hmm. It uh, I love Star Trek time travel. Yeah, love it. Uh, I've never had a problem with it. This, for whatever reason, feels very budget driven hmm. and uh, COVID driven. Yeah, rather than being as organic. A story as I had hoped for, especially with Q in the mix. You kind um, of mentioned that before that they were doing a good job, kind of they uh, were. <laughs> it's not bad. It's, yeah, it's yeah. by no means bad. Uh and and maybe the last few episodes they'll really pay off what they're setting up. Yeah. But at the moment, I'm I'm having a hard time feeling connected. And it it just feels a little too scattershot. And like I said, maybe once they start revealing what what they're even doing, yeah, I'll be happier. But at the moment, uh, I'm. I feel like I'm just kind of trudging through
1: it. I went back and I've been doing discovery this mm-hmm. past season, like because I stopped on that, and I feel the same way for that. Yeah. Like I'm having a really hard time, like connecting to anything that's going on. It's it, it, there just seems to be a I don't know a lack of some element that I was really enjoying before.
0: Um, I'm really looking forward to Strange New Worlds. They yeah. just released a new trailer for that. Man, that looks exactly like what I've been wanting. And mm. so I, I hope that kind of gets things back on track. It just, maybe I'm attributing too much to COVID or maybe I'm not attributing enough, but yeah. it, it just, there's something about the production that feels different hmm. um, yeah. it, in Discovery as well. Yep. Um, because I still haven't finished that season either.
1: It doesn't get any easier, which I was I was hoping it would, <sighs> okay. but it, I'm just, I'm really struggling yeah. with
0: it. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I've been watching that. That's more of just kind of a, a, a hesitant uh, don't take my word for it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the other thing is, I I do a, a pretty regular annual um, kind of pilgrimage to Breaking Bad. Okay. I, I find myself watching it about once a year. Hmm. This is the first time that I have gone back and watched it with somebody who's never watched it. Oh, and okay. Levi Levi yeah. is old enough to watch it. And wow, one, the show totally holds up. Mm. It's an incredible show. Oh, yeah. Uh, even when you know what's what's happening, because I've watched this thing so many times, it it just still packs a punch. But sitting in a room, not just with somebody who is experiencing it for the first time, but somebody who's experiencing anything like it uh-huh. for the first time is is just a really – a uh, fun way to watch, mm. and so uh, we're we're somewhere halfway through season four. Mm. Uh, but the poor kid, his brain is just melting out of his <laughs> nose every time we we just passed the episode where Gus just decides I'm going to cut my guy's throat, yeah, uh, because Walt and Jesse made me mad in mm. <laughs> Levi's face. Um, like what wait what <laughs> uh, so a lot of fun and that show holds up. Um, also the last season of better Call Saul mm. starts here in I think two weeks okay and getting really good early buzz I think they released the the first four episodes of the press mm. and people are really kind of um uh, really really building it up so I'm excited about that and the only other thing I watched is Apollo. Is Ten it and a half. half. Ten and a half? Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't. Me remember. too. Is it 10 and a half or 12 and a half? Does it come for 13 or 11? Uh, which is a uh, an animated, almost rotoscope ro- it style. It is the rotoscope. It is yeah. rotoscope. Yeah. yeah. Rotoscope animated film from Richard Linkletter, who also did Waking Life mm-hmm. and, um, did he do Scanner Darkly? Yeah, okay. and it the boy and okay. I knew it was the same animation yeah. company, but I didn't know if it was him who had directed all of those. but it's it's essentially it's a strange movie. it It has kind of a hook of a plot where uh, NASA has created a space shuttle that's just Too small. Uh, (laughs) I honestly love that premise. I love the premise, and I actually love that part of the movie. Yeah. Uh, And so they find this kid, and they're going to send him into space. I actually really liked it, and it just—it was a quirky concept. Yeah. And I was totally into it, and then suddenly the movie stops caring about it. Yeah. And it becomes more of a love letter to the time period, Mm -hmm. which is fine, too. Yeah. This is just very much a tale of two movies. Yeah. Yeah. And I was enjoying the quirky concept of the first version, mm-hmm. and it made the second version feel very ordinary. And I kept waiting for them to come back to it. I was doing the same thing. And so I had a really hard time uh, I, getting through to where they finally do come back to it. But even then, it feels like an afterthought.
1: Well, I don't, f- when I got through it, I was, I wish I had actually read the tagline for it. Because the tagline is like a boy, um, a boy like in the years of the Apollo missions mm-hmm. or something. It's something very like it's not hinting that the movie is actually about that. Yeah. And 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 once you get through it, it kind of is really. It's just it's this kid's imagination, yeah. and he's like yeah. he's like kind of a liar, yeah. and so that's kind of the point of it. And once I got to the end, I and
0: realizing
1: that oh the point of it wasn't really that. Yeah. I was
0: fine with it. Yes, I, I would agree. I was fine by the end. It was just the process of watching it, that's not readily apparent. Yeah. And so it was too much of an adjustment uh, too far into the film Yeah, for me to overwrite my sort of irritation with it. Mm. Um which it's still, uh, I actually dig that animation style. I know some people kind of criticize it. I generally it, but. don't, but I
1: think this was the best I've seen yeah. it done. Yeah. Because they did something, there probably must have been some kind of motion tracking that they've kind of come up with where it sticks to the face better. Yeah. Um. So it felt much more natural to yeah, me. Yeah, it didn't have that globbiness of yeah, the Usually other films. it's all moving around. Yeah. Um, this yeah. It didn't do that, so that helped. And after, like, the fact, too, it's like it... I think if it was the really a story about this kid going to space, mm-hmm. it would have been out of character for Richard Linklater because yeah. he doesn't really care. He's much more just a character-based yes. person yeah, and is probably more like very connected to his actual childhood. Yeah. Um, it was really interesting for me. Um, I watched it right after watching Summer of Soul. Mm-hmm and it kind of is the opposite perspective of that one cuz they actually use footage from Summer of Soul in it where oh, really? where the they they're interviewing a black man and he's like getting his opinion on the uh, on the um mission to yeah, the moon yeah. and he's saying like well we could have used all this money for like the people here and um that footage is in that. So it's interesting okay. seeing it in that context and seeing like this other – the same time period and these uh, – this whole different um, uh, kind of culture and and how people are living their lives. It was really interesting.
0: Okay. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I, w- I will probably revisit it a, a second yeah. time somewhere down the line because I felt the same way at the end. And, and this is one of those things I wish the trailer yeah. – and I wish the trailer hadn't sold it as what it – sold it as and i also wish it was a little more walter mitty where it let you into the fact that that this is much more of a you know this this kid just kind of in his own place um i i I understood it it just i i I had the same feeling but
1: then like i got a thought about it more after the fact and and it I don't
0: know. It it worked okay Okay. for me. Uh, Well, as always, you can find us at CineBabbleCast.com. You can find us on Instagram at CineBabble. And, you know, bug somebody and make them listen to us. Uh, You know, spread the word and pay it forward and all that good fun. But, uh, you know, get some more people listening. Don't threaten them with slaps or anything. No, no, no. Can we – We're a slap-free zone here. Can we take a minute and talk about this slap? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> if you want to. I don't want to. Okay. But I feel it's our obligation because right now, I don't know if you got the uh, entertainment industry memo, but mm. you have to talk about this for at least 7% of whatever you're doing yeah, yeah. in your entertainment industry time. And um, I, I I, totally get that Will Smith was in the wrong. I totally get that he shouldn't have done what he did. Uh, but at the same time, I feel like the entire academy has lost its mind over this. <laughs> it's not like he pounced on Chris Walk or Chris Chris Walk, Chris Rock, and started pummeling him. It was not like this. I get that it's it's legal assault. I'm not defending assault. It was in front of the entire it was world. In ton of the, it, it was in front of the entire world, but it just it, they came out with his punishment and he's banned from the academy. Uh, for 10 years. He can't go to the Oscars for 10 years. It's all this stuff. And then all of his projects are currently being canceled. And he's he's getting the Harvey Weinstein treatment, honestly. And this is not <laughs> Harvey Weinstein. You know what I mean? It's just, it's so bizarre to me. I'm but, not even trying to defend yeah. him. It's just one of those, it's such a weird, Hollywood either has a, you're a bad person, you're dead to us. Yes. Or you're just a, a pillar of moral wonder and we love you. And <laughs> yeah, I mean all that stuff is you. for a
1: show, but like he definitely should have been like taken out or something. Uh,
0: 100%. It's it th- there are consequences. It should have had consequences. It just feels like it's gotten to this place where uh it, it just it, it kind of makes sense though that they have a bunch of stuff
1: in their bylaws about like yeah. a, a, like physical like, you know,
0: assault and all that stuff. I get it, but (laughs) not not to connect movies to real-life violence, because I hate that argument, but I'm about to anyway. These people make uh, two-hour films where people uh, beat, pummel, shoot, stab each other for two hours, and one guy slaps another guy for real, and they're just like... (gasps) Clutch my pearls! What just happened? No, someone slapped somebody. I don't. You're. I think you're a little like. It's I, ridiculous. It's wrong. It was insane. It was, it was insane. It was. It was a crazy moment. We should be talking about it as a crazy moment. Uh, it just feels like the ramifications of that moment have surpassed. That was a crazy moment, and have moved into Will Smith stabbed a guy in front of the world. No, he didn't. He just. I mean, I get it. I get it. <laughs> I don't know. I get it. It was insane. It was insane. It was was objectively insane. Everything about it, including the speech later when he gets the award. Yes. Objectively insane. I watched the whole thing, and I was shocked and surprised, but at the same time, I'm like, this is a person who is dealing with some uh, mental—either extreme duress uh, or or depression, anxiety, or just mental illness— because it was such a bizarre moment and then response to that moment. Um, so,
1: I uh, I don't know what the ramifications for that should be, but like I— Chris Rock
0: should just get to slap him. Haven't you watched How I Met Your Mother? It's just the slap bet. Uh, this guy slapped this guy, let him slap him back, then they hug it out, and, <laughs> you know, I, I get it. There needs to be consequences for physical I Yeah, I don't know. I don't I get it. It's— I get it. I just imagine this sort of thing happens on movie sets all the time. I feel like somebody makes a joke and some actor hauls off and smacks them. But it's not in front of never, everyone. Right. But <laughs> but see, that's the hypocrisy. That's what I'm talking about. Any other time it would have been swept under the rug. This one just happened to be in in you know, live
1: <laughs> on television. He but there is so much decision making there though. He first he laughs. He laughs, and then he sees that she didn't laugh, so then he makes the decision to walk up on stage way. And a he long has that way. whole
0: walk a long to way. decide what he's going to do. Yeah. Or if he's feeling like, even if you get up, I'm going to slap this guy, you're telling me that at no point in that walk up to him, even when he leans towards you, that you don't think, you know, in my own self-interest, I'm not going to actually hit him, you know? Did you see the SNL? skit <laughs> yes. I feel like that captured it so well yep.
1: it was like oh guess I gotta go slap this guy now I'll be right back <laughs>
0: I love that sketch
1: <laughs> <laughs> Will how, how about that picture
0: yeah yeah
1: no uh, I don't think I want that
0: okay. now well if you haven't seen the Saturday Night Live sketch it is far more entertaining than watching the slap again so uh check out last week's SNL sketch and uh we're uh, like two weeks late on this whole well, conversation now, whatever <laughs> I just, I don't even, I don't even want to talk about it. I don't know why I'm sitting here talking about it. It just, what a bizarre, <laughs> like Russia is invading Ukraine. People are being killed by the thousands, and the world is obsessed because one celebrity, a celebrity, a c- celebrity, c- celebrity, one celebrity slapped another celebrity. It just, it's, we live in a strange place, Clint. Yeah. Very strange place. Well, today we've got three movies that we're covering. We are covering an Oscar nominee that was up for Best Picture, Drive My Car. We are talking about Judd Apatow's The Bubble, which just hit Netflix. And then our Cinetron pick, Escape from Pretoria, with uh, Harry Potter. (laughs) Daniel Radcliffe. (laughs) That's the guy. I'm having a week, Clint. It's, yeah. This is like the 18th word I've mispronounced. And, uh, you know. It's fine. Anyway, drive I'm I'm going to professional. Professional. Just just try your best. I That's all it. I want. I I'm going to reset right now. Uh drive my car and drive my car is a foreign film about uh two stoners who loan their car to their mother <laughs> and <laughs> No, that's a different movie. No, that's a very different movie. No. Uh, Drive My Car is about an aging, widowed actor who seeks a chauffeur. The actor turns to his go-to mechanic who ends up recommending 20-year-old girl, uh, and I would love to pronounce her name, but I'm not going to offend entire cultures. Despite their <laughs> initial misgivings, a very special relationship develops between the two. Clint, what did you think of Drive My Car?
1: Um, I was really excited that this popped up on – on hBO max because this was one that i was real i was excited to see um it's another one that's uh based on a short story by harukai murakami one of my've talked about' yes, him one before. of my favorite authors mm-hmm. um and honestly i i love this movie like i thought it was fantastic um i like that it they really did kind of like burning which we talked about they he, the director really captured the feel of his writing and also expanded on it and I, I'm starting to learn that like short stories are an excellent thing to jump off of for a movie
0: Re- especially that hour and a half two hour format just yeah. really translate well. Because
1: it like sets up like a good premise yeah. that to build off of, but you can also add to it. You're and not it doesn't shorting to, anything. You, yeah. You're not like trying to overstuff it with things that probably aren't necessary to the story. Um, but I I was really into this. I love the pacing of it. I love the time it took to really build the characters and the early portion of the movie that's going into the um his relationship with his wife before she passes away. I thought that really um, added a lot to the later half and his relationship that he forms with the
0: driver. And there was something so sad, and and I don't think it's a spoiler because it happens right at the beginning of the movie. But there was something so inherently sad to me that he he catches his wife uh, cheating on him, mm-hmm. and. His reaction to it was not the movie reaction at all. Yeah, it, it was not this emotional outburst. He he just quietly walks away. She doesn't even know she's been caught. Yeah, that was so sad to me. Yeah, and that's that's where this movie started to hook me. Hmm. But but go on. Sorry. Um,
1: I thought it was filmed really beautifully too. It's like all these muted. This muted palette, a very soft-looking film, but then contrasted with this um, sob red car that's driving through the city, um, and that was really interesting. Just like the contrast that they they chose to work with was really interesting, um, and I I was really into kind of in the same way that um, we talked about with Station Eleven how they use Shakespeare to like further go into the emotional core of the, of that, of uh, that, um, series. Mm-hmm. This really used, um, uncle Vanya's, uh, th- that's what it was called, right? Yeah. Um, that play to like, and how they're working through it and to go in deeper into the core of this, uh, main character. Yeah. And that was, I think they used that really well and how they used like the multilingual, um, cast in in the woman who's deaf and just to like bridge the gaps of communication yeah. and all that that was really an interesting
0: idea. Um so yeah, what did you think of it? I I went into this expecting to be bored, honestly, <laughs> because I had I had read some really good reviews mm-hmm. uh and I had read some reviews that were just uh they almost described it similar to one of the old uh oh what was his name that did um, uh Buffalo 66 and uh <sighs> Vincent Gallo okay um uh, and and even a couple of of people that just felt it was pretentious and so I I went in not necessarily trusting them I just went in cautious mm. um because I I was worried this would be one of those kind of Hollywood films that um it get a lot of buzz but then you watch it and there's not <laughs> there's not a lot under the hood uh, <laughs> for for lack of a Uh, Good analogy, but um, I was pleasantly surprised. And early, I was pleasantly surprised. This movie takes its time; it's it's not in a hurry to get anywhere. But at the same time, it really—I just—I felt like it had things to say. I felt like it—it wanted to understand its characters. It wanted Mm -hmm. to understand what they were going through. I don't feel like. I couldn't feel the director and the screenwriter manipulating what was happening. I, yeah. f- I felt like everything was happening naturally, and and I was there observing, uh, sometimes uncomfortably, and and it was just such a a fascinating look at um, people who who weren't necessarily emotionally available, hmm. um, and how some of the things happening in their lives and their connection. Allows them to to essentially grow as people, and you don't get that feeling a lot in movies where you you really feel like you're watching people grow. Even when you do, it, you often you can feel that okay, here's the character arc. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't feel like that. Me too. That's the, and why you I like compared the time. it to Burning. Same thing with Burning. Yeah. I didn't feel like I was watching a a screenplay being put to the screen. I I really felt like I was watching a slice of life. Uh, a sometimes sad and and sometimes joyous slice of life of, of some fairly ordinary people that were facing not so ordinary circumstances yeah. uh, or situations in their life. And I just – I had – again, it was so sad, but there was something about him walking out quietly when he caught his wife. That was so sad to me, but it also was so endearing, mm-hmm. and I, I, I so attached to him yeah. in that moment. And from that moment forward, I, I just wanted things to go well for him. Well,
1: also, I mean, he it wasn't the first time no. he he had known she was cheating yeah. on him, and it wasn't even that that he felt really betrayed by. And you kind of learn later when he has the conversation with the guy yeah. that he cheats on uh, he's uh, she's sleeping with. That he's almost more betrayed by that she's sharing these dreams with
0: him, yeah, that because like, that he, she had an intimate connection beyond whatever they were doing physically,
1: yeah, because he always like kind of felt that was their their thing that like he was helping her with her writing through this act of her kind of being possessed by these dreams that are telling the stories that she's working on. and um so the to learn that he was giving given a portion of this story i feel like that was more uh difficult for him
0: and it was really interesting how that suddenly felt like the real infidelity yeah yeah it was it was her sharing herself mm-hmm. and and something you know within within her emotional or mental being uh mm-hmm. rather than anything else and and that totally tracked because he's such a uh, he's he's full of empathy mm-hmm. but at the same time he's not somebody that it that expresses that um very well or handles it very well or or however you want to word that and so just just watching him uh cope with these things the performance was just incredible uh the the facial work mm-hmm. that he's doing just reacting to things and uh this is one of those performances where um you could almost uh, turn off the subtitles and turn off the audio and still know exactly what's being processed and what's happening in a character's mind.
1: Yeah. Well, and another thing about the kind of infidelity part, like, I also kind of gather that for her, like, it gave me some empathy for her too in Mm -hmm. that conversation because it almost felt like she wasn't doing it out of a malicious thing. It was almost for the pure, like, getting out of her comfort zone or something to get different portions of her story. Like she was doing it for her art in a way. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it wasn't just to sleep with other men. It was like she's comfortable with him and she's not getting what he, she needs kind of artistically. So she's sleeping with these other men to find other portions of the story she's trying to learn. And I, it's, it's that it, kind of complexity
0: yeah. that made this feel much more like a a film about adults, yeah, yeah, than a lot of times films about adults in love or out of love or things like that feel it. It often feels so manufactured and so polished and so Hollywood and and all these other things that you you lose that sense of a real person and that that quality to relationships where it's sometimes and and often just hard to articulate. What the problem is or articulate what a drive is or articulate why somebody does the things they do. Mm-hmm. They understand it internally, but but to be able to communicate that to another person and to have two people that really click, that's much more difficult. And this felt so real in that regard. And that wasn't just that relationship
1: no him with the driver oh that my was goodness, a, yes. that was a fantastic little arc in the the whole story yep. and how their relationship slowly like becomes more comfortable and they're mm-hmm. learning about each other and um, it's so organic and how mm-hmm. it happens and I was so um, impressed by that portion mm-hmm. um and where it where it goes and there's such a subtlety to it that I really got I really mm-hmm. enjoyed yeah and
0: that's that subtlety and and i'm I'm down for any movie that that is subtle and quiet, but at the same time, it's just just constantly engaging me, and it's got me really locked in and and hanging on where it's going and what's going to happen next, which is kind of counterintuitive for a movie that's otherwise just sort of slow and leisurely. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for my brain to be so locked in. Uh, I was just. It, I I really enjoyed this movie. It's not for everybody. Uh, it's certainly you have to enjoy a a solid slow burn character drama. Um, yeah. This this is more than that. I hate even describing it that way. But if you already don't like that sort of thing, you're going to have a very difficult time with this movie, uh, just because it's not in your wheelhouse. I kind of find I, as time has been
1: going on recently, I have an easier time locking into a film like this than something like like i was talking about with discovery when there's so much going on in that show and it's got action and stuff like i i my brain shuts off at some point but it's noise it's so much noise and with this like it gives my brain the space to connect to it and i I really
0: appreciate that so uh, I recommend it. You obviously do too. I just I, – I thought it was really good. Yeah, I, it I think it's one of those movies that will unfortunately go overlooked by a lot of people yeah. or, or even forgotten. But I, I think there's something pretty special there.
1: I think it, this will probably be one that's maybe makes its way to Criterion or something and is preserved in a – really uh, held up higher than a lot of things. Yeah. Um, didn't this win Best uh, Foreign Film?
0: You know, I'm not sure I, I would think, imagine I think so. It did. Yeah. I I would imagine so. Mm-hmm.
1: I think it was um, up for best of the year, but it didn't get that one. Yeah, yeah. they
0: they're they're able to be up for both yeah. and usually those films go best foreign film. Um and so uh, I know it won some some big things, so you're probably right. Uh, I'm assuming you didn't watch the Oscars. You just <laughs> no. watched the slap. I'm... I I actually I watched the Oscars and and thoroughly enjoyed them. I always watch the Oscars. Yeah. I don't know. That's just my Super Bowl. But um, I had a good time. That's good. Um, normally, I don't immediately go to Google mid-broadcast. <laughs> man, when the Chris Rock, Will Smith thing was happening, I just started Googling, Chris Rock, Will Smith, Chris Rock, Will Smith, refresh, refresh. And then, like, is this a joke? Did that just happen? It's bizarre. Yeah, I caught it the next morning. Yeah, well, lucky you. Anywho, our next movie is *The Bubble*, which just popped up on Netflix. Here's the official description: Sneaking out, hooking up, melting down. <laughs> the cast and crew of a blockbuster action franchise attempt to shoot a sequel while quarantined during an outbreak at a posh hotel. Uh, this movie is from director Judd Apatow mm-hmm. and stars and cameos everybody and their brother, Clint. Uh, how hard did you laugh at the bubble?
1: Um, Ooh, there it
0: is. <laughs> <laughs> I I phrased that question very specifically.
1: How much... Can you do <laughs> negative laughs? Yes, yes. I think yes, I may can. have done that. It's um, when
0: you inhale in shock <laughs> yeah, at yeah. what you're watching unfold in front of you.
1: Yeah. I Well, I started this movie and... It was pretty benign at the beginning, Mm -hmm. and I was just like, I was kind of actually, I don't want to say excited, but interested in this movie, because it looked like it had a good cast. And for the most part, I like Judd Apatow's movies, Mm -hmm. and it kind of looked like in the trailer, like it was kind of a different feel for one of his movies. Like it was, I don't know, he was trying to do something a bit different. All that went away pretty quickly. Fast. Really, really (laughs) fast. This is one of the worst movies I've seen in a long time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I set you up with how hard did you laugh? And I was hoping you weren't like, so much, Ken. I
1: love this. (laughs) Man, like all the people in this, like Leslie Mann, Karen Gillan, Pedro Pascal, um, David Cubney, Benedict Cumberbatch. Keegan-Michael Key. Fred Armisen. All the Apatows. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> um, so, like, it had a lot in its favor from the beginning. Yeah. But, man, is it not funny. It's yeah. not funny, and it's not interesting, like, as far as, like, being a satire on anything. Yeah. It doesn't
0: hit in any way. It's so forced. Yeah. Um, if if you had shown me this, I would have never uh, in a million years thought, this is a Judd Apatow film. Uh, because even, even when it's not quite clicking with me, his work, yeah. uh, I still recognize... That there's sharply written comedy yeah, yeah, here, yeah. and and there's something going on beyond just the the surface level jokes. And this just felt uh, very shallow, very hollow, and and really almost a, just a, a parade of of faces. Yeah, it felt like it was more concerned with how many actors can we shove on the screen that you recognize, yeah, than creating any sort of uh, characters in these actors uh, and in this film crew. Uh, that that were enjoyable to watch at all, and it didn't even really say anything. No, it's, you know, I'm thinking, okay, this is going to tap me into that feeling of isolation and those days of just being frustrated. And how do you adjust to life when you can't do things the way you're supposed to? And you know, it, it came, came off
1: like, like as offensive in a way because it's like these really privileged people in this really posh hotel, yeah. and they're complaining about being stuck in a room for 14 days, yeah. being like served like like by, like, servants and stuff and, like, hand, like being – it's ridiculous. And, like, you can't deal with this. Like, you're, yeah. like, being treated like royalty in this, like, mansion. Yeah. It kind of – like, I was thinking it kind of felt like a poor man's Armando Lanucci project, mm-hmm. like, like, Veep or Avenue 5 because he's really good job at, – good at um, doing, like, these – large ensemble casts and making, like, all of it work
0: together in a real natural way. And this did not do that at all. But take Veep, for example. Veep is not about Selena Myers, the vice president. Yeah. It's about her staff and Mm -hmm. how they're reacting to— This ridiculous woman. This ridiculous, privileged, elitist woman. Yeah. If this had—if on one side you had the the film crew and on the other side you had these actors and the film crew are actually having to live life and suffer through— pandemic quarantine life. right? And you're contrasting that with these actors who are complaining, but really your main characters are are behind the scenes. And uh, they uh, tried I, a little they bit. They tried. And it, but it didn't but do it, it enough. No. And it felt more like, oh, this is just a joke we go to for a quick yeah, laugh. Yeah, It didn't feel like any sort of core of the film. And that goes away um, too
1: once they start kind of bonding
0: with yeah. them and then like they're all in yeah. on together the whole thing should have like slowly unraveled yeah and you have you're essentially uh, you know looking at class warfare modern class warfare uh in in America how did the rich versus the average guy uh handle the pandemic that would have been interesting that seems ripe for some pretty sharp laughs right uh, and that's again exactly what you said that's the kind of thing you know veep was doing constantly had nothing to do with or, the Washington or or Avenue elites, five or Avenue did, five yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, I could not stand like Pedro Pascal, like kind of doing a Joaquin Phoenix thing. Mm -hmm. That was so annoying. And he's just wanting to get laid the entire time and being creepy with the receptionist. And like, I I was like, so there's so, I love like Fred Armisen, like, and he couldn't save this. I like Keegan-Michael Key and they, they kind of like were felt felt like they were brought on as afterthoughts to like pump up like their get their audience involved
0: and it didn't work. It reminded me a lot of Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Yeah, where you yeah. would just have you know ironically, mm-hmm. I, I get that this is about shooting a movie during the pandemic and the limitations of that, but. It suffered from that at the same time. And not in a funny way. No, no. But no. Jane and Silent Bob Reboot, that's what we talked about, how it would just suddenly be cameo and and you know, yep. shot on this actor, shot on this actor, and it felt very piecemeal Especially and put with, together with the John Cena thing. Yep. Like that yep. really made it feel like that. So I I just long story short, I I did not Enjoy this movie whatsoever. Me either. I'm glad I, I was because so disappointed.
1: I finished it and like I and I was like I, I hated that. That was yeah. awful. Like and it slowly just got worse and worse. And then I didn't think about it for a while. And I was like, I should see. I wonder if what people think about this. I was afraid I was going to look online like it had like a 95 percent of no. Rotten Tomatoes. I was like, oh good, I'm not in the yeah. minority. On it's this. in the
0: 40s, I think. It's 20. Oh, is it in the 20s? It's like 23. <laughs>
1: Man. I was like thank god nobody likes this movie. Uh,
0: yep. And and that does it's weird but it does make me feel better. Me too. When because I hate when I I really don't enjoy a movie and then I look around and everybody loves it. Right. How? Yeah, yeah. Why? Uh it just it's I remember when we watched Logan. Uh, yeah, yeah. Everybody loved that movie. It's the greatest comic book movie ever and we watched this thing and both of us were just like, it's got some good stuff here and there, but no. Right. No, it just, oh, you know, you can send me hate mail, but it goes garbage <laughs> at the end. <laughs> yeah, it gets like, what was it, X-Men with those 3 kids? or yeah, whatever? It, with the yeah. kids and the, uh, you know, when it's him and, and Xavier trucking around, but as soon as they bring in clones and kids and comic books and no, no, yep. I was done. Me too. All right. Well, I think that's Don't all watch I the have bubble. to say. Don't watch the bubble. Go watch Drive My Car. Uh, it makes me sad that somebody will watch Drive My Car and say it was boring, and then go watch the bubble. Yeah, uh, the bubble was the boring movie to me. Watch Avenue Fall. Five or V. Oh yeah. If you want to see oh, yeah. a really
1: good ensemble like cast that's really funny and actually they're both saying stuff, like watch one of the, his yeah. his projects.
0: Uh, Our our final film is our Cinetron pick. It is uh, a drama thriller called Escape from Pretoria. This came out in 2020, and I actually missed this one. I mean, I I had seen trailers for it and things like that, but I'd never gotten around to watching it. And uh, it's from director Francis Anand, and it's about two white South Africans that are imprisoned for working on behalf of the African National Congress, and they're determined to escape from the notorious Pretoria prison. Uh, Clint, what did you think of Escape from Pretoria?
1: I also missed out on it too. I, um, like you said, I saw the trailers for it and I, I try to follow Daniel Radcliffe's movies because
0: I do, I really enjoy him. He's a really good actor. Yeah. Uh, He's in that Robert Pattinson camp that I, I feel like, uh, you know, he gets pegged as Harry Potter. Yeah. but he's he's so much more than that.
1: I know. I last night I rewatched after uh, watching everything everywhere all at once I rewatched Swiss Army man and uh cuz I hadn't seen it since the theater and he's fantastic in that movie yeah. just like his subtle like facial because he's a corpse and the whole thing is a farting There's only corpse. So much you can do. Yeah, but he does so much stuff with just like facial movement yeah. and that it's I was really like oh man, I can't I forgot how good he is in this. Um so I was interested in this movie. And I love a good like jailbreak movie. I, I'm if it's it can really capture that tense feeling um of trying to escape. Uh so I I was excited to see this. And I, I actually really enjoyed it. I I thought it did a, r- a really good job of the building the tension of escaping from this prison and like showing the step-by-step process. Um and i think there was just enough character to make me feel attached to the situation and their their um struggle to get out mm-hmm. I, so i and i loved that they were kind of these uh working for like the, the plot of the movie working for the uh against the man and and, and they were you know trying to overthrow the system in place the, the apartheid. Yeah. um so that that was cool i i liked that there was kind of this Uh, you're rooting for them, and that was cool. Um, So what did you think about it?
0: um, A couple of weeks ago uh, in episode 50, one of the questions that was in our mailbag segment was somebody asking about, you know, pick a a movie genre that needs fixed and how would you fix it? And I had said boring dramas, Uh like Dark Water, I think it was. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I had complained about that old style of drama. And uh this is not that. This is this is how you do a true story. Yeah, yeah. In my mind. This was this was lean and mean. Uh, it it felt real. Mm-hmm. I felt the suspense and the tension. It was a slice of of history yep. uh, from a limited perspective, but yeah. that made it stronger mm-hmm. because it's not trying to tell me the, the entire political yep. story. It's not trying to tell me this grand. Tapestry over years. It's just these two guys in this situation. It reminded me a lot of um, Rescue Don with Christian Bale. It was a, a oh, POW right. uh-huh. Vietnam flick, um, and and that one's more brutal. This this I think is only PG thirteen, but it doesn't feel PG thirteen. It it still yeah. feels uh, claustrophobic when mm-hmm. it needs to feel claustrophobic and and very rough and hard to watch when it's when it's supposed to be there too. And and like you said, you really come to care for these guys. Mm-hmm. Um I thought the performances were great. I thought it was well shot. Um everything about it felt uh, sort of like that that perfectly balanced docudrama. Yeah. Yeah. Where it has just enough of a feeling of a documentary uh in its in in its style and its storytelling, but it's still uh, knows how to, you know, create tension as a drama. Yeah. And, I, you know, I'm sure it's not a beat for beat, true telling mm-hmm. sort of thing. I'm sure there's a lot of differences. But I, I don't think it matters when you're getting to the core of of who the people are and when you're getting to the core of the situation. Yeah. And I felt like this did both. And it really gave you... A perspective and understanding of why they were invested in what they were invested in mm-hmm. and, and why, you know, they found themselves in the situation they found themselves. I was also surprised. I mean, I know it's about apartheid in, in South Africa back in the day, but this had enough thematic work that it felt very timely. Oh, for sure. And yeah, it, yeah. it felt very, not forcefully modernized, but it, it felt like it had plenty to say about uh, things today. And I, I appreciated that. I felt like that was not too on the nose, but but I felt like it was, it was there and they didn't try to hide that it was there. They just didn't amp it up either.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I think that's just because like that, the, the situation baked into the story of that mm-hmm. is something we're still dealing with. Yeah. So it doesn't feel like we're just jumping back to tell the yeah. story, but then like, Trying to mix it up enough to make it feel modern, I feel like it's just it's just something that we're uh, still going through, and it's well, and yeah, geopolitically, it's whack
0: a mole. You know, yeah. it's it's even right. if you take care of it in one area in one era, yeah, it it pops up somewhere else because it's just that's people in mass, yeah, and um, it, it, you know, it's it's sad, but but this is this is one of those things. It it taps into that. That freedom fighter, it taps into somebody who's willing to uh sacrifice uh just going along with things because just from a, a principle standpoint, it's not right. Right. Um, yeah. And they're not big, they're not flashy, they're not rebel leaders, they're not these, you know, grand, uh important people. No. It's it's just this small story and and these small people going through, you know, some some pretty legitimately difficult, uh, times and and situations. And I was just taken by it.
1: Yeah. I, I really liked the, the, the few moments that they would have with the, um, the older, uh, character who has Mm -hmm. been there for how many years? I don't know who's been a part of this struggle for much longer and his perspective on the whole thing. And he's kind of like trying to persuade them to not do this because it's going to bring down the, rain of fire on all
0: of them if they if they get out and um well and it, it seemed like that glimpse at like I don't want to turn into this cynic. I don't right, want to be right. stuck here as long as he has to the point that I even forget what drove me in the first place, what right. landed me here. And there's there's this he's right. Yeah. It's I don't know. But if it's, it's this cautionary tale right in front of them that really motivates them to, you know, ironically to to push along with their plan even harder
1: yeah and i don't even know if it's pure cynicism or or more reality like because he's seen it for so long that it's just like i know how this goes and you're not the first ones that have tried right right Yeah. and uh i i um i think my only thing is like if this had maybe another 20 minutes Mm -hmm. of character where it's just them in their cell and like you learn a little bit more about them this would have taken it even a little bit beyond what i enjoyed like i i thought it was great i thought it was done really well but if it had just a little bit more of the character um i would have probably i mean it could have made it on like my list for
0: that year or something yeah Um, and it wasn't long It it was a lean movie for sure yeah it was only um i'm looking up the time now i can't find it was it
1: Ninety minutes or something. Uh, it maybe was. A it later? was
0: not. It was an hour forty-six. So okay. probably like an hour forty of actual movie. Yeah. Uh, but it wasn't. It it wasn't chugging along. It wasn't. Uh, it was paced well. But yeah. yeah, I I completely agree. It it had uh, a strong enough story and characters that it it could have. Uh, slowed down a little more here or there and, and giving us a little more of that.
1: Yeah, but they do a really good job and in the moments of like tension and like mm-hmm. the plan coming together of kind of showing you who these guys yep. are and like you learn about them. Yep. And uh, so like, like also what you, you were talking about how this is something as far as like boring dramas go, this is how to do it. I, I feel like this is a story that really lends itself yep. to being told other than like dark water where it's all decades, decades of courtroom. Like, do we need, we don't need to see that. This is a really like, um, interesting story that can be dramatized and like shown visually, and you want to see these people break from prison. This, yeah. this I always am fascinated by that idea. Um, so yeah, dark
0: water would have been much more interesting if, one, the farmer wasn't super Kentucky Fried. <laughs> but if, if it was about him, it's just here's this guy on this farm trying to make ends meet. And he is the victim of this thing happening around him. And the lawyers are really just kind of dropping into his world now. But let's stay with him, again, not with that actor and that performance. But, (laughs) like, keep me with that guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I want to know about that. And that's what you had said with Drive My Car. You know, it's based on a short story and and how well that lends itself to an adaptation for film. I don't know if this is based on a short story kind of thing. I think it's based on a book. Yeah, but it it feels it's it's that same sort of thing. It's it's more short format. It's limited characters. Yeah, the story is not this this grand epic. It's it's really a point A point B. Mm -hmm. Guys put in prison. Guys want to get out of prison. Yep, you know, and it's a very simple story. Yeah, and so really you're just learning who they are and and seeing what they can survive and what they can... Yeah, and their ingenuity yep. and all that. Yeah. Um, so I, I really enjoyed it. I would, Me too. I remember, what was that show? It was like an entire season of breaking out of prison. Um, yeah, uh, Ben Stiller
1: did that. Has it got um, Paul Dano in it? That one? No, no, no. Or it not? was a
0: TV series. Oh, it was, was that like a Jailbreak a Fox or Oh, that Prison one. Break? Prison Break. <laughs> I'm an idiot. I'm yeah. like that series about breaking out of prison. Yeah, it was called Prison Break. Uh, that was like this long season <laughs> with this overly convoluted, yeah, get out of jail kind of thing. And and this is just such a um, a, a better. More digestible uh, jailbreak movie, and I'm a sucker for jailbreaks, heists, and jailbreaks. And I need to. I think uh, I'm there. Yeah, there's. It was a Showtime series, the one I'm talking about, with the Ben
1: Stiller did, and it's got Paul Dano and a bunch of like I think Patricia Arquette, Hmm. and um, I started it. And it was really good. I just didn't get. And it's supposed to be really good. It's like three or four episodes. If you figure out what the title of it is, shoot it to
0: me because I that's ringing zero bells. (laughs) But it's supposed to be really good, so I'll figure figure it out. All right. So, uh, Drive My Car is is a slow burn drama, but it's it's excellent. Uh, Great performances. The bubble, man, skip that thing. Yeah. It just, it's, it's depressingly unfunny. That's one uh, where I'm okay if a movie
1: goes to die on Netflix yep. and like just we forget about it. That one yep. can just go. I, yeah. I
0: feel like this would have really racked up a theater crowd. And Probably. man, can you imagine paying oh my. you know theater prices and being all excited <sighs> for that cast and Judd Apatow and then that. Like this is what the guy who did Forty Year Old Virgin and and all these movies. This is what he's up to, right? Oof. Uh, so yeah, skip the bubble and then Escape from Pretoria. Um, it's it's excellent. You can uh, watch it on Hulu and and Amazon and and some other places. Yeah, uh, I forget where it's free, but uh, good flick. So are we ready to spin up Sinatron and see what we get this time? Sure. And then how about? we just commit to next episode i will definitely see uh, everywhere always everything anything
1: <laughs> everything <laughs> everywhere all at once
0: everywhere all at once i will we will see that and that will be our our kind of first review out of the game awesome i want to go with you if you right. if you can I, swing it yeah do you still have a weekday off through the week
1: yeah fridays
0: Perfect. That's that's probably when we'll go. All right. So let's spin up Cenitron and see what happens. Oh, I'm also off Thursday. Oh Easter. Oh yeah. Thursday would be even better for me. So I don't know why we're scheduling this to the Easter. If anybody else wants to come, like Yeah, Yeah, if you know where our local theater is, see you Thursday. (laughs) Go ahead, Clint.
1: Heard of this movie. It just came out, I think this past year, The Novice.
0: The novice. Oh, this is the uh is it rowing or yes. swimming or this has actually great trailer. Yeah. And I have really wanted to watch this flick. Me too. I, it's it's slowly bumped its way up my watch list on Amazon. Uh fantastic. I am all in for this thing. Yeah, me too. I'm excited. Uh, about it this looks one. great and dark. And I forget what other thing I saw the the lead actress in, but she was really good in it. Um, but uh okay. Awesome.
1: I know. I was I was hoping it would land on this one soon because okay. I've been excited to watch it. So, yeah.
0: All right. No, I'm, I'm all about that. So, that good. sounds good. So, we'll do... Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Man, I am never going to remember that movie's oh, name. Oh, you will after you see it. I'm just going to start calling it Everything. <laughs> We're going to watch that movie. We will do The Novice. And then we'll come up with something in between, mm-hmm. I don't know, G.I. Joe, Duke's Day Out the or something. Too. Yeah. Something, you know, we'll figure it out. I'm sure there's something else. When does the Northman, Northman? This month. I think it comes out at the end of the month. Okay. Hey, by the way, (laughs) and we do need to go see that in the theater. Yes. I was listening to an interview, an audio interview, if you will. And it was with the director of Hereditary. Yeah. And he discussed the film that comes after Hereditary. What was that film called? (laughs) What was it? Midsummer. Midsummer. Do you know how he pronounced Midsummer? He did. He totally did, Clint. Every time he said it, he said Midsummer. And I was elated. <laughs> I was so fulfilled because the man who wrote and directed the film. I refuse to say it like that. That's all. I'm just saying. I don't care what I he says. I am honoring and respecting filmmaker intent. And all the time you made fun of me about when I would say Midsummer. <laughs> Because you would emphasize it so much. Because I needed you to hear it. <laughs> I just want to go on the record. That's how he says it, too. That's how he spelled it. So He's it totally wrong makes too. sense. He's wrong. I am right. No. Because I, I, He's wrong. You're wrong. Everyone's wrong. Filmmakers uh don't make me slap you clint i will come up on that stage all 34 steps up to that stage and i will not change my mind on the way and i will crack you across the mouth and then uh you know be kicked out of all of society (laughs) as you should be you're a monster did you ever watch king richard i don't think so yeah the slap made me watch king richard and I walked away from it like, wow, it's a boring drama. Oh. <laughs> and I was so mad that, that Will Smith got an Oscar for that thing. Oh, it's that's just, the movie. No, I didn't watch that it's, movie. It's just Will Smith acting like an old man and putting on an old man voice and I don't know, whatever. Hmm. Maybe we should talk about that movie next time. I needed to get to seven percent because six percent and the memo said seven. So I, I had to bring it back up there at the end. Oh, okay. But that's all right. Yeah. It's a long way around the bend to get back to that one.
1: Uh, You had to do what you had to do. So
0: you can find us at CineBabbleCast.com. as our lovely website. You can also find us on Instagram at CineBabble. You can message us at either place. Uh, Instagram is the quickest way to get a response or or quickest way to get through to us. Uh, We're going to start doing some more mailbag questions as we go. I've got already a stack coming, um, which are somehow even more fun than the last ones. So uh, hit us up and and let us know what you think. Uh, Always good to hear. I appreciate everybody. Who criticized me for not liking licorice pizza. (laughs) I am sorry that I have a brain that has an opinion. (sighs) You're not allowed to have an opinion. Yeah. When you recruit five other people to listen to this podcast, I will change my mind just for you. That's my guarantee. (laughs) You get five more people to listen, and I will give you a uh, Get Into Ken's Mind free card. And you can change my mind. I will... Uh, do your bidding, and I will like movies that you like, and I will hate movies that you hate, uh, just to shamelessly get more people listening.
1: Hmm. You know, I wasn't trying in any way – like, I no one said anything about this, but anything I said in that, I wasn't trying to promote <laughs> a relationship between uh, a minor you and – You didn't
0: a, come across like you were trying to I was speakly that. trying
1: uh, – speaking – Speakly? It was, I was just speaking in context of the
0: story in the film. I understood you, Clint. Okay. I get it. I, you know, I totally get it. Okay. Fifteen-year-olds and twenty-five-year-olds. This has been Cinebabble <laughs> episode fifty-two. Thanks as always for listening. Uh, Clint and I are going to go and probably debate licorice pizza more. So I don't know how this came back around to that movie, I don't but know. Paul Thomas Anderson is a master. He really is. Yeah. All right, Clint. You have yourself a good week. See you again.